0: Hello and welcome to the Basketball Champions League coast-to-coast podcast with you from Regensburg, Germany. I'm David Hein, flying it solo yet again. Uh, Igor Jurkovich, partner in crime, is busy doing other things, just can't make it. Um, we will have a podcast uh, next week be, be before the big show in Nizhny Novgorod, and we will Break down the quarterfinals, and uh, give us give each give you guys some more thoughts about the final eight. Uh, but uh, definitely, I uh, wanted to get you a podcast. Uh, we have three interviews today, so we're going to keep it short. Um, we talked to Aaron Dornicamp from Lenovo Tenerife, case. Casey Shepard from Nizhny Novgorod and Robin Benzing from Casa de I uh, just wanted to let you guys know uh, about some of the stuff that is on the website, Champions League.basketball, if you want to catch up on, uh, on just uh, the, the season. And uh, there's pieces on how each of the teams got to the final eight. Uh, there's also something on uh, Dylan Ennis and also. Uh, As we mentioned last week, there's uh, pieces on dynamic duos, sort of the matchups of two players from each of the teams. Uh, You can go into those pieces and kind of look at at, uh, some of the matchups, key matchups in these uh, four quarterfinals. Um, Obviously, there's going to be more news coming, more pieces coming next week. Uh, The star lineup will obviously be announced uh, uh, soon as well. Uh, Not sure if that will be announced before we have the next podcast, uh, but uh, be on the lookout for that. Uh, And then obviously other stuff going on. Um, So let's let's go jump right into the interviews uh, because, uh, you know, don't want to keep you too too long. uh, And there are plenty of uh, plenty of great information from all of all three of these guys. Uh, So enjoy. The first one is with Aaron Dornikamp from Lenovo Tenerife, and we'll catch you on the other side of that. All right. So on the show this week, we have Aaron Dornikamp from Lenovo Tenerife. Aaron, thanks for uh, taking some time.
1: No, thanks for having me.
0: Uh, You guys have reached the final eight of the Basketball Champions League uh, going into the season with the new format, everything else, knowing that there'd be a final eight, probably the minimum goal that you wanted. Uh, maybe just your thoughts about uh, reaching this um, this knockout stage.
1: I mean, obviously, we're we're really happy uh, to have put ourselves in a, a position to have a chance to win. Um, the the new format, obviously, given the pandemic and what the Champions League thought was best, it it you know it, it's difficult because it's a little bit um it can be a little bit random with the you know the groups you get in the second stage and uh you know you see a lot of a lot of good teams that uh maybe thought they had a chance to win and are you know are no longer involved in the in the Champions League so no we're we're obviously thrilled to be involved uh, in the final 8 and have an opportunity to win and yeah i mean uh, yeah. What else can I say? You know, like we're uh, you just want to have a chance, and we're you know we're giving ourselves that opportunity.
0: Yeah, we'll get to your we'll get to uh, your opponent Six, Six Strasbourg uh, a little bit later. Um, kind of just to sort of fast forward. Uh, uh, just a couple of highlights here, there in the season until now. Uh, pretty early in the season, you guys lost by twenty points uh, in Cesari. There was. Um, you'd almost had a feeling it was like almost like a meltdown, um, with the team there in Italy. Maybe what did you, what do you think the team learned from, from that game that's helped?
1: Uh, I think, uh, up until that point, we were sort of cruising a little bit, um, both in the ACB and, and at the start of champions league. And, you know, that, that was basically a bit of an eye Like accessory came in and, uh, they were they played really physical and we, uh, not that we weren't prepared. I don't. I just don't think we we're as focused as we needed to be. And you know it, it, can't, it ended up biting us in the rear end. And uh, no, it was a, it was an eye opener. And it, it happened again. Obviously, when we played Burgos the first time, we just. I, I don't know. You, you know, you have these lapses, and I. You learn a lot more when you lose than when you win. So you know, I think it's uh you never want to lose but it also sort of resets the focus and uh you figure out all right well uh what what we did wrong and and what we have to uh improve on to prevent something like that from happening again so no i I think it it was important for us to sort of get our our butts kicked and it it was a bit of an eye-opener
0: uh you mentioned burgos both teams won um at their their home games also by pretty good margins uh you you guys did blow out cesari uh at home and then you know also had a, had a it was a tough win over igokea um you know this is basically just kind of the, the the rest of the regular season playoffs how would you how would you describe your the rest of the season for you guys in the champions
1: league i uh, i mean it it's, uh, we've discovered, you know, playing the Champions League, it's, uh, it's a little more physical. And obviously the first time you play a team, um, you don't, uh, really know exactly how they play. Um, especially from different countries, you know, like we can, in the ACB, you get a feel for teams and how they play. Uh, but when you play Champions League, it's, you know, different teams and in, in different countries that play a different way. So I think, it's the same for both teams. You know, you see the first time, uh, it, it can be a learning curve. And then with Ego Kia, they, they also discovered what we don't do well or what they thought we struggled with. And, you know, they made adjustments and they, uh, they had a chance to win that second game. So, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously again, we're, you know, we finished top in our group and that, you know, that we're happy about that, but, uh, Yeah, it's just uh, it's it's, sometimes it's difficult. You get used to playing against Spanish teams and how they play, and then uh, the the change in how teams play and the personnel, and you know it's something you got to sort of wrap your head around and how teams like to play. And uh, yeah, it's it's just a completely different preparation, I guess. So
0: one of the one of the things we like to do in these interviews is kind of introduce the players to the bcl fans and followers uh so you were born and raised in uh, napanee or odessa uh basically a small small town along lake ontario in canada maybe how and when did basketball find you
1: uh yeah it's an extremely small town in odessa i was born in napanee and uh no, I I found basketball because uh, I did what my brothers did. Uh, I'm the youngest of uh, four kids, um, but the oldest is my sister, and then I, I have two older brothers. So, uh, like any younger brother or sibling, uh, you follow what the older brothers do. So I, uh, whatever sport it was, I was following them, and you know they they all played. Now we were, we played every sport, but uh, I just I ended up following basketball because of my brothers and, uh, eventually my uncle, obviously he played and coached. So, uh, that was sort of, that got me started in it.
0: Uh, obviously, uh, Canadian and, uh, you know, there's actually water besides at Lake Ontario there as well. Um, hockey must've been up there as well. When did, when did you say, I think I'm going to go with the, uh, the, the round leather, uh, instead of the puck? <laughs>
1: uh i played hockey until i was i want to say 17 okay so i mean I everybody played plays hockey,
0: hockey.
1: <laughs> so. exactly i mean we had a we had a pond in our backyard uh so we call it shinny uh you just go out and skates and uh like a winter hat or toque we call it and, and you play we, we put lights out there you play all the time in the winter we'd go uh lunch at school and a couple of my buddies we'd go back and play hockey during lunch and then walk back to school and so no you grow up and hockey is the main thing but uh i, I just uh, i got a little too big for hockey they were tall i guess not i definitely wasn't strong um so uh no I, and i just i liked basketball I, I sort of fell in love with it my brother's Uh, were successful with it and again I sort of followed them I I, you know uh, my oldest brother went to Carleton University in Canada and then the the middle brother went to Boston College in the States so and they're four and five years older than me so I just I was following them and I you know I saw the success they had that's sort of what put me into basketball instead of hockey I guess
0: We'll get to Carlton also in a a, a second. Um, maybe, so you were born in 85. You said your brother's a couple of years older. Raptors were born in 1995. Um, Toronto's, I guess about two, two and a half hours away. Maybe just some of your basketball uh, role models growing up. I mean, obviously your brothers, but you know, once he's looking for professional players at all.
1: Yeah. I mean, the Raptors weren't, uh, they weren't obviously that relevant at the start. Uh, it was more like a uh, we were obsessed like everybody was with michael jordan uh, mm-hmm. that was sort of in his heyday when i was younger and those were the only games like the basketball wasn't that uh, available in terms of tv like at our house we had uh, being in the country you know we only had four channels and so the only time we'd get nba games it was on abc and it had to be a clear day um, <laughs> so <laughs> yeah and the, obviously back then the games that they'd have on ABC were was usually Chicago so you would always uh watch the NBA finals or it was NBC at times but uh yeah it was so we grew up loving Jordan and watching the Bulls and stuff like that so that before i mean the raptors sort of blew up when uh when Vince got there and by that point i was already you know in the thick of basketball but no I, I mean growing up I think it was Michael Michael Jordan first and then yeah now obviously I'm a fan of the Raptors and you know support the local team but yeah I'd say back when I was younger it was the Bulls
0: you you ended up going to Carlton um, they had won the previous two titles when you were there and then you you went on to win four CIS crowns in five seasons um, what what made those Ravens teams so good? Um, and I guess you can even say that laid the foundation for, um, for, for really the dynasty to just continue to, to flourish.
1: Uh, I think obviously the coach, um, uh, they, had a, they had a really strong culture. It was, and I think the biggest thing for us there was, uh, the level of competitiveness every day, uh, We never did drills where you weren't keeping score. Uh, You never did. You never completed a drill where there wasn't a winner and a loser. (laughs) Um, So everything from uh, shooting in pairs to, you know, there was always a score kept. And there was always, not that the punishment mattered, but there was always uh, a winner and a loser. And so everything turned into a competition every single day. and And I think that was a big part of, sort of people figuring out how to win um and so I, you know that that was already set up before i got there obviously and uh no we just uh we were we had i think we had a decent level of talent but i think you know we maximized our talent through uh figuring out how we can win games and and committing to a team in that environment and you know that sort of uh, I don't think that led to their success. I think obviously the coaches and uh, the university had more uh, more input on on how how much they won after I left. But I, I just think that the keys to our success there were just the environment we were in and the amount we competed and. Yeah, you know, you just you figure out ways to win when that's all that really matters.
0: Yeah, uh, you mentioned before that you remember the losses more than the wins. Sometimes uh, mentioned also four wins in five years, uh, and uh, maybe how you know how much does that double overtime loss in the semifinals to Acadia two thousand eight maybe irk you that you guys couldn't go perfect five for five.
1: Oh yeah, no, that's it. I. To be honest with you, I I remember that one more than the other, than winning the four. Yeah, You know, obviously the winning's great, but it's it's always like, what what could you have done? Uh, that one irks me, because I think I went, uh, I mean, my uncle reminds me all the time, but uh, I think I went four for 27 in that Ouch. game, Ouch. in double overtime.
0: I'm so glad I didn't look at the stats on that one, though, to give you the exact numbers.
1: I, I couldn't even hit a foul shot, so... uh no it was uh no obviously you remember that um and uh you know you you always want to win and it's it's difficult but i mean i don't know how long ago that was now i guess 2008 close to yeah (laughs) so 13 12 13 years but uh, uh no i mean but you you again you learn a lot from that like uh We just we didn't change how we played, but you you know you change how you approach things. You you realize uh, little details that you can improve on and stuff like that. But no, that was obviously that was that was heart wrenching. I remember just being devastated after that game.
0: You you started your professional career in Italy in Italy with uh, uh, Caserta and. yeah, chance to play with Jermaine Jones, who had played uh, somewhere, I guess, about eight years in the NBA, um, and also had a Canadian and fellow Ontario native uh, Phil Martin on that team. Um, maybe as a professional rookie, first time over in in Europe. Maybe just how good was it for you to enter that situation with those, especially with uh, those two guys?
1: Yeah, I mean, we were really lucky that, or I was sorry, I was really lucky. Um, at the time with the national team, our assistant coach was uh, Renato Pasquale. And uh, he actually coached our GM in Caserta, who is now the uh, Claudio Cotobella. He's the GM of uh, Unix Kazan now. So that whole, how that all sort of played out couldn't have gone better. Um, And when I got there having Phil, Phil was my roommate and and he's an unreal guy. Uh, We had a lot of fun together. And then, I mean our Americans, uh Jermaine, he he was really good to me. Um and his family, you know, they I was over there by myself, um, so his family sort of took me in. But you know, we had Ebi Ere, we had uh Timmy Bowers, um Antonas You know, we had unbelievable and our Italians, Fabio De Bella, like we had really good guys that um now my first year we we won a lot so that probably helped with team morale but even still it was no it was a really good situation for me to go into and even the fans there our fans were and yeah, they they liked me but they were really good to the team we were in a small town and they were crazy about basketball so it was unbelievable environment for me to start my career in and uh no i i wouldn't have changed it for anything it was it was really Really cool experience,
0: and then and three years with the same team as a as a professional rookie. Um, not going to say unheard of. Uh, okay, we're also talking you know 2010 to 2012, um, but you stayed there for three years, uh, and and then missed the the 12 13 season entirely with uh, injury surgeries. Maybe the biggest thing you, the biggest thing you learned from that break from the game. Now looking back, that helped you.
1: Uh yeah I had three surgeries on my on my ankle that year. Um, I was sort of I needed the surgery uh, at least one. Um, I was sort of unfortunate to have the three, but no, I, I, uh, I was really fortunate to meet uh, I started helping out at McMaster University in Canada and met some really good people uh, with the weight room like Steve Lidstone who helped me a ton with my rehab uh there's a i met a therapist like an osteop an osteopath therapist named uh, dave murray who was a big help and then the coach there amos Connolly. so i i just completely changed a lot of the things i did or i i discovered a lot of things that could help me um just movement wise and preparation for a season uh preparation for practice uh And also when you're, uh, when you have so many surgeries, you can't move for a couple of weeks after not can't move, but you're on crutches, so you're limited. So I watched a lot of documentaries and I got, I got pretty uh, obsessed over how I ate and how I, you know, what, what I put in my body. So I I think that sort of started to uh, change the outlook on, uh, I guess, the longevity of my career and just taking care of myself a lot so no that was that was huge i I changed a lot of things over that time because you have so much time to sort of think about uh, think about what you can improve and also where you want to go with things so no it was really good for me to have that time even though it was uh, it was a little bit it was tough mentally to sort of rehab and then realize you need another surgery then rehab and the same thing so but no it was it was good. I, I learned a lot and I, I needed that.
0: And in two thousand thirteen, Germany, uh coming back to Europe, you're with Braunschweig uh one season there, then head over to Frankfurt. Um and you know, you look at some of the guys that you played uh, uh, in Caserta with, you know, and now you're getting, you know, really legends in German basketball, Emmanuel McElroy Cal um, Visser has played, played a long time at, at, at Braunschweig. And then obviously, you know, the living legend right now for Frankfurt basketball, con- uh, Contest Robertson. Uh, you know, looking at what you had gone, you know, where you were at um, in uh, Italy. And now with guys like this, I mean, you, you probably have to think you're, you know, you, know, you the feeling of you're going from one great situation to the next, no?
1: Yeah, no. I, I've been really fortunate with the, the situations uh, I've been put into uh you know mac was uh you uh, you know everyone i i don't have a bad thing to say about any of the guys i played with uh they're all really good people uh mac and kyle i mean we had isaiah swan Swan james lawrence um really good people um worked hard you know they they just everyone sort of had it was you know you learn so much from different people uh and how they train how they who they are where they come from no, that it, it helps shape you and then uh no then i went to frankfurt and the same thing you know like uh, tez is a really good guy he enjoys having fun like we uh i was there for two years so it was, the setup in frankfurt was really neat because it was almost like a university setup everyone sort of lived in the same area uh, attached to the practice facility so you saw each other all the time and um it, it was obviously important that we had you know that the club did a good job of uh having good people so you know there was nothing everybody hung out all the time we did everything together and you know you it, it sort of translated down the court obviously we had talent to go with it uh, having johannes volkman and uh, danilo bartel consti consti klein like our germans you know it, it was just uh yeah, no, I, I'm extremely grateful for the opportun- opportunities I was given and the people I got to play with and, and be teammates with. You know, uh, we still have a, a, a group on WhatsApp with Sean Armand and all these guys that we still sort of every once in a while shoot a message to and start making fun of each other. So uh, led by Mike Morrison. So no, Morrison. Uh, uh, no, we, we, uh, we, we have a really good group of guys and – uh yeah, again, like it's, uh, I couldn't be happier without how my situations have panned out everywhere I've been.
0: And, and then 2016, you know, go back, um, you know, you were in the Euro Cup final, quarterfinals in 2011, Euro Challenge semifinals 2015, Canadian national team, FIBA Americas 2009 semis, Pan America, uh, Pan American Games 2015 final. And then, you know, you finally got to taste uh, some champagne again uh, with Frankfurt. You guys won the FIBA Europe Cup. Maybe just how much of a thrill was that to to finally win a professional title, Um, especially after all the success you had uh, there with Carlton?
1: Yeah, it was – obviously we were really, really happy. Um, That group, we were extremely talented. Um, You look at – you know, I I forgot our point guard, Jordan Theodore. Um, Jordan Theodore, Uh, You know, we had a a ton of guys who could really play. Um, So I I think we were—I mean, our coach uh, Gordy Herbert—he—he was great for us there. Um, And he—he would never admit it, but we had to have been the favorites to win that um, by by a long shot because we—I think at the time we were either second or third in the German league. Like we were—we we really believed that we could get. You know, we gave Bayern problems we gave berlin we berlin had you know the only team that we we split with was uh bamberg that year and that was the year i I think they made the playoffs in Euroleague league with brad wanamaker and and tice and you know we felt like we could get them um so no it was it was really nice to win obviously because uh that group like my first year there i think we're in the same europe cup and it was a mess. Like we started at the German League one and six, you know. So you, you sort of went through some hard times, and we grew together as a group. So, you know it was nice to sort of culminate in that way and and win that uh, the the Europe Cup. And oh uh, no, it, it was. I uh, we you know they worked us hard there, so it was. I think it, it was it was a good feeling for all of us to sort of have a bit of glory at the end of it.
0: 2016, you, you made the jump to Spain. Spain obviously considered the number one uh, domestic league outside the NBA, uh, going to Tenerife, also then playing in the BC. Um, maybe just your thoughts about making that jump?
1: Yeah, I mean, I was, uh, I was close to staying in Frankfurt, and uh, at the time uh, I, I was talking to Gordy about it, and he was honest. He just said, you know, I think if you're, if you're going to go to Spain, he's like, I think this is the best time, uh, to go. And, and he sort of suggested I go for it. And, you know, I, I appreciated his honesty and you know, I, I was excited. I wanted to go to Spain. Um, and I couldn't have been, yeah, like, again, I, I don't know why, but it, it, I was extremely fortunate again to come and, and have choose sort of shoes found me um and it was it was quick he sort of we talked on the phone or he told my agent that they're interested sent us a contract we talked on the phone the next day and that was that i was was sold on it obviously uh moving to uh the canary islands doesn't sound all that bad (laughs) uh but uh no he he was uh they they finished the previous season really well uh they Missed the playoffs by one game, um, and it just looked like a, a team that you know. I, I obviously wanted to go somewhere where we could uh, win and be in the playoffs, and, and it looked looked promising. And you know, it, it turned out to be a great move for for my career and and my family. And yeah, no, it was uh, it was it was really exciting to come to the ACB and you know play against. Uh, the, the top clubs in Europe and Madrid and Barcelona and Basconia and, you know, Valencia and teams like that. And yeah, no, it was, it was a great move and it, it was exciting to be, you know, finally in the ACB and have that chance to compete against and with the, the best in in Europe, I guess.
0: Yeah. And then obviously culminated as well with the, the BCL inaugural BCL title. Um, I'm sure that probably seems like ages ago, Um, but I imagine you probably still remember quite a bit of it as if it was yesterday. Maybe, maybe, you know, that was at home, everything else. Um, Maybe just your favorite memories of that run to the 2017 uh, basketball champions league title.
1: Um, It was, uh, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, And again, you know, we had a team that was like, we, Uh, our travel from the island that year was incredible so we were on planes all the time and on the road and uh we we played cards on planes we we had such a group good group of guys there where we were always playing cards uh and had a lot of fun together and then you know if we went out it was everyone went out together um and no it was it was awesome to come back uh and have the the final four here on the island and you know, our fans are so, they're so positive and it's such a, uh, it's so nice to, you know, to have fans that are just, regardless, they're just happy to have you. Um, and so it was great to sort of win and, and have it in our, obviously in our, in our gym. And no, it was a fantastic feeling. Um, and it was just great to, to have our fans there to celebrate with us and, you know, have them be a part of it because they, I don't know, I, they, they've treated my family and myself extremely well, um, to the point where my brother-in-law uh, after one game sort of just left the gym at the final forum and went to a bar close by and, uh, was asking to buy a beer and somebody asked, well, where are you from? And it got out that he was my brother-in-law and, he said he didn't pay for a drink after that,
0: so it's always a good way to be.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, they, it was, that was. Uh, so they, they were, It was really nice to, to have it here and to be able to win with the fans here.
0: Uh, Thirty-one years old, uh, two thousand you go to Valencia. First uh, taste of the Euro League. Um, stay with Valencia the following season and go down uh, to the Euro Cup. And uh, and win that, you know, this is three European club trophies in four, four seasons. Uh, maybe just um, sort of your, your, uh, your take on those two years uh, with Valencia. Uh,
1: I mean, we, we sort of, my first year there, we came in and started out really hot. Uh, like, we won the, the Super Copa to start the year in the ACB. And then I think we started other... Four like it was. Everyone was shocked. I think we started four and one, and uh, you know it looked like we were gonna roll through the year, and then we we got sort of crushed by injuries, and just uh, we ended up losing ten games in a row, and that was sort of a disappointing year to finish losing to Gran Canaria at the buzzer uh, in the uh, in the quarterfinals of the A C B. so we didn't qualify for Euroleague and. Yeah, so uh, the following year was, you know, we brought back a lot of a, a lot of the same guys. Obviously, some people, some guys didn't come back, and uh, to go through the season again and and play in Euro Cup, um, you know, it's not an easy competition, and there's pressure. We had the expectations to win, um, so no, it's it, it was great to win it, um, and to win it how we did where. You know, playing against you know, we played against a lot of really good teams to get there, Um, and you always want to play against the best teams and see them at their best and win that way. And no, it was uh, those two years where you sort of you you had the lows of the previous season of not sort of succeeding in Euroleague like we wanted to, uh, especially in the midpoint, and then we sort of it culminated in us winning Eurocup and getting back to Euroleague. So it was. No, it was and Valencia is an unbelievable place. Uh, the club was obviously really good to me and my family. And, you know, we had a lot of friends there and still do. And so it was, yeah, uh, I can't complain about that situation either.
0: And then the, the move back to Tenerife and, and back to, to Coach Vetterita, Um Maybe why the move back? And, uh, and did, did Coach change at all um, in your time away from him?
1: uh no i, I mean I, I don't think coach changed at all uh i i don't know it's hard i i like uh, I, I don't really say much to coach in that uh, he sort of he has his ideas and uh, i'm on board with that so i don't think I'm much uh, to you know communicate with a coach a ton obviously we get along really well and um but no I, I to me i don't think he's changed uh but to come back to tenerife i you know i saw the year they had before um and it was uh, uh it was between them and valencia and you know they uh, i talked to choose and you know he was he was convinced uh that we would be really good uh again and the the plans for the club and you know, things are—they've done a really good job here of improving the club, improving everything within the club uh, since our first time here. And you know, my first time here, uh, I really liked it. Uh, you know, I had our our second son was born here, and you know, we—I always felt like we'd come back here at some point. And yeah, they—I mean, I liked what they had in mind. And obviously they were extremely, they had a lot of success the year before um, having it cut short because of the pandemic and in, in many ways, but no, it was, uh, you know, it was an exciting challenge and I, I wanted to come back and, you know, I, I obviously wanted to win <laughs> and uh, yeah, choose, choose uh, shares the same passion um, and knows me well. So no, I, I just thought it was the right move. Uh, for myself and my family, um, and you know, we're we're obviously thrilled to be back here. Uh,
0: a couple of questions from the fans of the of the BCL. We asked them on Instagram. Any questions? Uh, just a kid from Summertown asks: uh, Would you rather play a zone or man-to-man defense, and why?
1: Oh, man-to-man. Zone? I. I I'm terrible in zone defenses. Um, I have no idea exactly how to play it <laughs> or how to make it effective sorry um no I, I much rather play man-to-man uh just because i'm more comfortable in it and yeah the zone defense i don't know how syracuse does it so well because <laughs> it's it, it seems like a foreign guy it seems like a foreign language to me because it, it's it baffles me every time i like playing offense against the zone but Defense,
0: no, thank you. <laughs> Sammy V 9 why do you wear a mouthpiece <laughs> if you just take it out every two seconds to yell?
2: <laughs> oh Sammy
1: Van Rossum, good for him. I, I appreciate him writing a question. Uh, no, I, I wear a mouthpiece because I, playing hockey growing up, uh, yeah, uh, I had a fair amount of concussions. Um, so it's more of a necessity. Uh, and yeah, I'm i'm pretty animated so i, I guess uh, at least on the basketball court so uh you can hear what i'm saying when i take my mouthpiece out um but uh no that, that's great that sammy wrote in
0: <laughs> i think we have another hijack one here adi dot uh Omerage 12 best island ever question mark
1: yes i i like uh I, I mean in fairness i don't know a lot of islands uh I rank uh, Prince Edward Island maybe ahead of it just because it's Canadian, but uh, no, we we love it here. Uh, Tenerife is incredible. Uh, we've been able to wear shorts and t-shirt all year round, uh, be in the pool, uh, go golf. You know, they, whatever you want to do, you can do on the island. Um, so no, it's it's been incredible.
0: Let's go to the final eight, uh, Nizhny Novgorod. Uh, your opponent in the in the quarterfinals will be six Strasbourg. You know they had their backs to the wall. Uh, they were zero three in the playoffs, and then uh, pulled off wins over Ike, Nizhny Novgorod, and Turk Telecom uh, to get into the uh, final eight. Uh, thoughts about that matchup?
1: Uh, they've been they they obviously really turned things around in their group after looking like it. It wasn't going to happen for them um but uh they're extremely talented uh obviously led by uh Bonzi colson uh which is funny his uh his dad uh, was the assistant coach of my brother at boston college um so uh no it's a no it's an exciting matchup uh they uh the, they've obviously figured out uh what works for them and you know that 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 was one of the toughest groups like i, I sort of we saw that group with them Ike, disney and, and telecom and we thought Oof, that's a tough group to get out of and, and you saw it uh, <laughs> for turk telecom and and ike not to make it uh,
0: that's saying something uh,
1: yeah i mean i don't want to say i'm surprised to in that uh Strasbourg and Nizni aren't that aren't on the same level but uh, you know you, you expected uh, one of them to make it i don't know but uh, obviously Nizni and Turk or Disney and uh, Strasbourg are extremely deserving and yeah you know we're we're excited to have that opportunity to play Strasbourg but you know they're they're obviously an extremely talented team and they've been playing really well lately
0: uh goal is to win the title uh, and that would mean that you beat Strasbourg uh and then face either either Holon or Burgos uh you and Burgos are uh, have had quite a bit of a, of a run uh this this season uh you you won both of the you both won their home playoff games uh, like we said and kind of with routes um Tenerife beat them both times in the ACB and then also one in the Copa del Rey. And the way it looks right now, you guys will probably face off in the playoffs in the ACB. So um, I just put it out there. You guys getting sick of Burgos? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, I think we're both getting sick of each other. <laughs> uh, we know each other really well, obviously. Um, and, you know, I mean, uh, McFadden made the joke that uh, he was like, I, I just don't feel like playing you guys anymore. So, no, we uh, but I mean, it's they're they're a really good team. Um, so you know, we we every time we play them, it's a it's a big game and it, it's a it's a big challenge for us, but uh, yeah, we are getting sick of seeing them, but if we have to see them again. Uh, in the final eight, and again in the playoffs, that's that's how it works out, and we'll be excited for that challenge.
0: Okay, like I said, last question. Uh, the The goal is to um, is to win the t- you know the championship. You're going to Russia to 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 win the crown. Uh, you won the first the first BCL title. What would it mean to hoist that trophy again?
1: Oh, I would be you know it would sort of. Uh, basically accommodate all the the work we've done this year um we'd obviously be extremely happy for that and yeah i think everybody's goal that is in the top eight they're not going there just to be in it uh they're going to win um and we're no different uh we have that in mind and you know it's uh there's a lot of things that have to go right for that to happen but uh obviously we'd be thrilled to win and and have, have the opportunity to host that trophy again.
0: All right, fantastic, uh, Aaron Dornikamp from Lenovo Tenerife. Thanks a lot. Appreciate your time. Uh, everybody, stay healthy and uh, good luck until the final eight. And good luck in Isneogrud.
1: Thank you very much. Thanks for having me.
0: Okay, great stuff uh, on that. Uh, let's let's uh, move right on. So uh, Dornikamp was obviously. A, the follow-up to last week's final interview with Ish Wright, uh, since they will be playing Str- six Strasburg. Uh, the final matchup uh, that we have uh, podcast-wise is uh, Casey Shepard, Nizhny Novgorod against uh, Robin Benzing, Casadema, and Saragossa. So here's a, here's a chat with Casey Shepard, and uh, we'll talk to you then after that. All right, so on the show this week, we also have Casey Shepard from Nizhny Novgorod. Casey, thanks for uh, taking some time.
2: No problem, man. Thank you for having me.
0: Um, so we're starting off these uh, interviews with, uh, basically the, the question, you know, you go into the season, uh, knowing the format, how it is, uh, you know, kind of the, the, the big goal, whatever would be, um, to win the title. And in order to, to do that, you'd have to get to the final eight, uh, maybe just how happy, how excited are you to be, um, to be, to have reached that part.
2: I'm through uh, you know, I'm smiling right now thinking about it. The initial goal is always to to make it to the next step. So making it to the playoffs and then making it into the final eight. You know, which was huge. It's a great feeling for us as a team and for me individually. So I'm really excited to be. here.
0: And um, you know, let's 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 kind of go back to the beginning a little bit. Uh, you guys were hit pretty hard with COVID. Um, and had only one BCL game before December 9th. Uh, we we talked to we talked to Coach uh, Lukic uh, on the podcast a few weeks ago about how challenging all that was. Maybe just kind of your how how you recall that whole period. Um, you know that first game that you guys did have in November. You were in Saragossa, and we'll get to Saragossa as well. But you guys only had eight players, um, and just maybe just talk about how difficult that was uh, dealing with COVID.
2: Oh, for sure. It was rough. It was rough, man. Not having
0: really any games
2: and then having to go to Saragoza and play. We were shorthanded. A lot of the guys were just coming back from getting sick because everyone on the team has been sick except for myself and Yvonne um, Stubkoff. So during that period, we were having workouts and it would only be a couple of us there so all the other guys are coming back from basically not doing anything and then going straight to Zaragoza and trying to play. And even with all that, we still gave them a, a really good game and we had an opportunity to win it at the end. Uh, we just let it go, but it was a tough stretch. It's been a tough year. We have battled injuries all season and it seems that every time an injured player returns, another player gets injured. So that's that's kind of been the journey for us, but it's been rough, but it's also given opportunities to other guys to step up and play. And also it's allowed us to band together as a team to try to make up for the things that we miss when certain guys are injured. So I think it's helped us in the long run, but unfortunately, you know, we're we're still fighting that battle with injuries. So we're just trying to keep it all together and get hot for this last run.
0: We we talked last week to uh, to Alex Renfro from Burgos, and he was really the only player on that team who who, who wasn't able who who, who didn't get uh, get get sick either with COVID. Um, how, how did how were you able to make, to 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 stay away from it?
2: I have no idea. I have no <laughs> idea because I'm around the guys. I was around the guys all the time. You know, I'm, I'm at practice every day, and. I have no idea how how I was able to avoid it. and It is so strange because guys just kept getting sick and kept getting sick, and I kept thinking, I I don't think I'm gonna get sick, and I just never did. And I remember we had to get our blood tested, and we we did our blood test, and we came back, and the doctor said, "You already have the antibodies for it." So I said, "Well, how did that happen?" That was just <laughs> that was crazy. Like I didn't get sick at all, and then I had the antibodies, so. That was a blessing for me, and for the team as well. For myself and Vanya to be able to avoid that, but I have no idea how that happened. We just got lucky, I
0: guess. Yeah. Um, the, the The regular season was the the two games against uh, Saragossa, the two losses. Uh, what we'll, we'll get to Saragossa a little bit later, since they're going to be your opponent in the final eight. Um, let, let's let's jump ahead really quick to the to the playoffs group. Um, you you had you had uh, Turk Telecom, Strasbourg, and Ike. Um, you know some pretty big names in that um, in that group. Uh, what was your thinking uh, when you went into that group?
2: Big names <laughs> that was my thought. We had Turk Telecom there I think at the time, you know they were thought to be one of the, the best teams in all the BCL. so I, I knew, it was going to be tough to beat them. They have Nick Johnson, Kyle Wilcher, Sam Decker. Then they added Marcus Foster. You know, these are guys that I'm very familiar with. I've watched them play in college and even as a pro. So I've been a play with them, I was excited. But I also knew it would be a challenge. And then we have Ike with legendary Keith Langford, you know, arguably one of the best American guards to score the ball in Europe maybe the last 10 years. Even though he's a veteran now, he's still incredibly talented. So getting to play against him was exciting and well. Then they added Daryl Macon, and that just upped the ante a little bit. So I was excited about both games. And then Strasburg, they have a bunch of good guys there. and They play hard. They play scrappy. So I knew going into this, that next stage that it would be tough. But I also knew that the stage was set for some really good games, and – that was it, man. I was excited for the challenge, and I'm glad that we were able to, to persevere and make it out of
0: it. What do you think made the difference? I mean, you guys started 4-0 and uh, with the four wins to then secure the spot. Uh, okay, you lost the last two games, but you guys had already locked up the final uh, final eight spot. What do, you, what do you think made the difference in the end in those in those four games?
2: For one, we had Andre savage who is a very experienced veteran post player, and he can really score the ball so that gave us more firepower gave us more firepower inside. I think shooting wise, we started to we started to get hot. We had a bunch of guys that were making threes every night, and we had a lot of games where we had multiple guys in double figures, and I think time we do that, that always gives us a best uh, a better chance to win and then you know individually, I felt like I played a lot better in that in those stretch of games than I had before so. All those things mixed together, and us having our full roster for really the first time all season, you know, we were able to take care of business in those those first four games.
0: Yeah, I think uh, Andre Voroncic is probably one of the most underrated players in European basketball, and has been for uh, for for years and years. So, a uh, huge addition to that club, and obviously all that experience that he gives you guys too. Um, I, I want to ask you about something I saw, uh, that you said on the, the BCL site after you got, after you won the playoffs MVP. Uh, the, the quote was, um, I was able to uh, going into the playoffs I felt that I was play, playing pretty well but I I knew that I wasn't playing up to my potential. I was able to make some adjustments off the court that helped me on the court and so when the playoffs started I was able I was doing all the things that everyone around me knew that I was capable of doing. Um but now I was doing them with consistently and playing with more confidence. Um you 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 mentioned make adjustments off the court. I was just wondering if you could maybe elaborate more on that. Hmm. <laughs> okay, so you
2: don't have so, No, I got you. No worries, I got you. So essentially I started working with a sports psychologist who as simply as I can quit it, man, he just helped me to get out of my own way mentally. I think sometimes as athletes, especially in when you get to the playoffs and you're in you're facing adversity and for somebody like me playing for Coach Lukic, who is very disciplined, he's very demanding, and he's a great coach. So sometimes you find yourself in a situation where you're trying to do what he wants you to do as best you can, and then you're also trying to do the things that you know you're good at doing as best you can and bring both of those things together so that you can give your team the best version of yourself. And that's not an easy thing to do. So for me, I felt like at times, because of my own inability mentally, I was struggling with doing that. And I would have games where I would play well, and then I would have games where I wasn't playing well, which is normal. But I felt like I was really inconsistent, and I was worrying so much about meeting expectations and making mistakes and all these other things that hinder you when you're trying to perform. So... To get back to the my point, essentially, I was just able to block out all of that stuff and just play basketball. And when you watch, if you go back and watch the game, the things that I was doing in the, that four-game stretch, those are all things that I know I could do. It's just I wasn't thinking about anything at that point. I was doing everything that I know I could do mixed with the things that coaches asked me to do. And it felt good to be playing the way that I know I can play and my teammates consistently encouraged me to continue to go like play, do what you do, play your game. And that helped as well. And coach was, coach was doing the same. He constantly pushes me to be better and it's not always easy to, to deal with, but I appreciate it because I've gotten a lot better as a player. So it was really all those things, coach pushing me, my teammates encouraging me and then me just consciously, you know, Taking a backseat to my abilities and letting my abilities and my instincts
0: take over. Yeah, because we we had seen some of your in your earlier stops how how really dominant you know you were you're able to be, uh, in 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 all aspects of the game. Um, and and we'll get to we'll get to a couple of your stops before Disney um, in a second. Uh, I, we'd like to we'd like to kind of introduce you know give the background of, of the players. Um, you're you're from Houston, uh, Texas. And I was just kind of wondering who, how and when did basketball find you? And maybe who were some of your basketball role models growing up? Ooh,
2: both of my parents played basketball. So their love for the game just trickled down to me. So as a kid, I was always seeing it. I was around it, seeing it on TV, people in the neighborhood playing. And I was always attracted to it and as a kid i want to say maybe when i was four or five i was asking my mom constantly mom can i play basketball can i play basketball she just kept telling me no 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 but i was persistent and i just kept asking asking, 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 asking. and finally she let me play and she wanted me to be a swimmer and <laughs> thank god that that didn't pan out because i don't think that's for me but so she was pushing that, but she let me play basketball. And from the time I was already playing, you know, outside, but I was asking to play, I want to play for a team. I want to play, you know, for a league or something. And from the time that I played the first game, that was it. I was like, oh, yeah, this is it. I'm here. And, you know, giving props to God for allowing me to make it thus far, playing the game that I love. I've been playing ball since I was a kid, man, maybe four or five years old.
0: And basketball role models? Ooh.
2: When I was a kid, Steve Francis was the guy that I looked up to, uh, honestly. Stevie, yeah, sure. And having him, Stevie Franchise, he had, he had his run. Unfortunately, it was a little short-lived, but his run playing for the Rockets where he was, very, he was a very special player, man. He was flashy. His crossovers, his moves were so unique, and he was always doing these crazy things in the basketball. So that was my guy
0: when when people think of uh, basketball in the United States you know you always just think New York City you know Philly Seattle Chicago um, I looked and I found a stat that at the start of uh, the 20 uh, 1920 season in the NBA, there are 17 players from Houston area high schools. Uh, some names: Jimmy Butler, DeAndre Jordan, De'Aaron Fox, uh, Kelly Oubre, Justice Winslow. Um, maybe talk about the uh, the game in Houston, growing up, and and, and is there any sense of of, uh, of an underdog because people might not think of of uh, Houston right off the off the top of their heads.
2: I don't think it's an underdog thing because I think people that are from Houston, they know, you know, the talent that's around you. I mean, Texas in general, but Houston specifically, you know that the type of talent that there is there. So when people have those conversations, we know the the guys that we're, that we're sending out to the NBA, to college and overseas. I think from the outside looking in, people may say we're underrated, but I don't feel we're underrated. Maybe we are, but I recognize the talent around me. And, you know, being in high school, I was a little bit, I was kind of on the outskirts of Houston. So I was away from all of the quote-unquote top guys, but there are so many, and I knew who all of them were. And looking back now and seeing all the guys that are playing professionally, I mean, even in the BCL alone, you have myself, you have Rashid Suleiman, We're in the same class. He was arguably the best player in our class out of Houston in high school. D'Angelo Harrison was putting up crazy numbers when he was in Douglas High School. I knew who he was. I knew about him, and I had never even seen him in person before. I would just hear about him, oh, he had 30 points, oh, he had 30, 40 points. So I've, I've never felt underrated in that sense because we, so we have so many talented guys. And each year I learn about more and more guys that are playing professionally in Euro EuroLeague, Champions League, all these high-level leagues that are from Houston and still live in Houston. So – I feel like the numbers just it just grows, so I don't see it that way.
0: Yeah, D'Angelo's done you know, a pretty good job here in the BCL too.
2: <laughs> oh, he's he's amazing. You know? yeah. <laughs> if, I, I honestly, if you know, he was would, he would have he was able to stay healthy, man. Who knows what would have happened for that team? Because that guy is a stone cold killer and a <laughs> competitor. And um, oh man, we did. I had to do an interview last week to ask me my top five. And I completely forgot about D'Angelo because I was just trying to rush. But D'Angelo, if I was doing a starting five, he's definitely starting. starting,
0: in starting five B, B, B BCL or Houston? In BCL. I'm
2: talking about the BCL. He's, he's in my starting five for sure.
0: Okay. Uh, you, you ended up going to Louisiana Lafayette. Um, and uh, not 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 a big school. And and one of the guys I'd like to ask about is was Alfred Payton. You know, he was uh, really one of the revelations at the uh, FIBA under-19 basketball World Cup back in 2013, and you know he's really become a a, you know super solid player in the NBA. Um, You know, you played two years with him, and then once he once he left, you were able to kind of um, uh, take more of the responsibility load, and maybe just what you learned those two years playing with him. Man,
2: shout out to EP man. He's a he's a great guy, and he's also a really good basketball player. But I learned a lot from him, and one of the things that I learned was relationships. And I saw that he had a a good relationship with every individual player, and that's something that people take for granted because. When he, when you feel like someone cares about you and they care about your well-being, it's easy for you to play for them. And he was our leader. He was our captain. He led us on the court and he led us off the court. He also led us with his play, but also with his words and his actions. So I say that to say he could get any guy on our team to pick up their game. Like I remember, I remember times where. I would come in the game and he would literally, word for word, he would come to me and say, Hey, go to the corner and get ready to shoot. I'm going to give you the ball. And I'll be like, Okay, no, uh, no questions asked. The very next play, he comes down, crossover, penetrate, kicks him wide open three, cash money. And that is just, those moments illustrated to me just how dominant he was, but also his ability to. Get the best out of us as teammates. So I would say that's probably the biggest thing that I learned, and that's something that I've carried with me. Trying to develop good relationships with all of your teammates like that's that's a very underrated, underrated skill and an underrated aspect of being a professional professional player.
0: Speaking of professional player, you started uh, your professional career in Montenegro. One season there. After that, briefly, in in Hungary, and then uh, ended up playing most of that season, the second season in Georgia. Uh, looks like you finished top four in scoring, assists, and steals. Maybe just how do you look back on those first two seasons, um, and maybe w- what you learned from playing in those leagues?
2: Man, the first two years were rough. Honestly, <laughs> um, I, I mean, being honest, every year, every year has had its rough points, and I think that's part of that's part of the journey. But those two years were hard, man. The first season playing in Montenegro, for those of you who don't know, Montenegro is a, it's a small league. You know, there's two top teams. There's Notes and Mornar who play. I think one plays Euro Cup and the other usually will play Champions League or FIBA Euro Cup, or they might be in Euro Cup as well. But, you know, they have those two teams and then the rest of the teams are just, they're kind of playing catch up in a sense. You know, they don't have the budget to compete with those two teams. So, the team that I was on had, I think, the smallest budget of all the teams. So, as you can probably guess, I didn't make very much money that year. I think my contract was for, when I first got there, I was making €350 euros a month. And then, I started dominating. So, then they started paying €500 euros a month. And I was like, oh, look at me. Big money. Um, and so, we didn't have we didn't have team doctors. We didn't have athletic trainers. Our gym didn't have air conditioning. It didn't have heat. The apartment I was staying in when I first got there is one room with bunk bed and a big bed in the middle. So there's three guys in one room, small bathroom. You know, we're walking to practice or piling in the car to practice every day. We had a, a Serbian style coach, so He's similar to, to Lukic. He's very passionate, very colorful, very vocal, very disciplined. He, he was uh, a tough guy to play for, constantly making us run for just the most minuscule things. I've seen so many guys get kicked out of practice, so many guys, you know, he'll send them off to run the bleachers for just the most random things, you know, not being in the right spot, not catching the pass, missing a layup. And it was a rough it was a rough season, man going dealing with that coach It's my first time being away from home for so long, not really making any money, trying to stay healthy without having the means to do so really. but that season helped me a lot because that coach taught me a lot about European basketball when I first got there, you know, coming from the states, all we know as Americans is go 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 so we're we're using our individual ability to to play the game without really thinking the game. And so he taught me how to think the game a little bit more. And, you know, I appreciate him for that. And also um, that situation allowed me to stay humble. And it it helped me appreciate everything that I got after that, because I started from the bottom with really nothing. So everything else seemed like it was so much better because I started there. So I, I was grateful for that. And then, unfortunately, I had some contract disputes with that team when I left and, I wasn't able to sign with another team, so, you know, I spent a lot of time at home, not doing anything, just kind of just hoping against hope that something would happen, some miracle would happen, and I would get it, an opportunity to play somewhere. Um, I ended up getting a chance to go to the Rockets G League training camp after playing well in a, a tryout, but I still couldn't get the contract dispute handled, so I missed that opportunity. I ended up getting an opportunity to go to Hungary for a month on a tryout, so I went there and I played decently. But um, the the general manager spoke with me, and you know he said all these things oh, you're so good, we love having you, you're going to help the team, we have a good future with you, you know we're happy to have you here. And then I think a week and a half, two weeks later, they cut me. So I was like, well, what? Was like what did happen? I thought we, you know, I thought everything was good. So I got cut, ended up staying there for a couple months, just practicing with the team as best I could. Then I got the chance to go to Georgia, and the Georgian League was okay. You know, not the most professional league, not the, the highest level of basketball, but um, the, the organization, you know, they're doing the best that they can. Uh, I had a good coach, a uh, good coach. with good. My teammates were friendly, and, you know, all the guys were friendly. So that was – that helped. And in that situation, I really was just focused on making the most of it because I got there in January, so I was just thinking, you know, you're not going to be here forever. You only have four months, so do the best you can. Don't worry about the adversity, the things that you don't like here, the things that you don't want to deal with, or if I felt at times that I should be somewhere else, I should be somewhere better. I just didn't think about those things, and I tried to focus on making the most of that opportunity, so... I ended up playing pretty well, and we made the playoff. I think they were in eighth when I got there, so we were able to make a p- playoff push, which was pretty cool. And then I went to Kiev, and things started to look up. After that, things got better. But, you know, shout-out to those two, the coaches that I had there in those situation, man. I really learned a lot, and I'm grateful for having gone through those, both of those seasons.
0: You mentioned Kiev, and, and uh, you played BCL qualifiers, uh, and uh, you would eventually reach the FIBA Europe quarterfinals. But um, you you lost in the second round of the qualifiers to Burgos, um, who obviously you know went back and and won the uh, won the whole thing. Uh, did did you see them as a side, as a team that could win the BCL when you guys played them? I mean, I, the first game was, was was pretty tight, and then they kind of pulled away in that second game, but did you see them as a team that, you know, how, wow, this is a pretty dominant team?
2: When they played us? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. When <laughs> going into the game, you know, I didn't know anything about them. I didn't know much about any of the teams in the, the Champions League field, so... I was basing that the Burgos game off of the game before against Capenberg, uh, and I didn't think I thought Capenberg was a decent team, but I didn't think they were great. So I'm thinking, okay, well, we beat them. This game, you know, this one, they're pretty sure they're good. They're staying, you know, ACB, but I don't know. I think we can beat them. And after the first game, I was I thought I was right. Yeah, I think we can beat them. But the second game. They showed us different, difference, <laughs> yeah. the difference in, in level. And I didn't, you know, I, of course, I didn't know they would go on to win it, but the way they beat us, yeah, when they did win, I wasn't surprised. And I was like, yeah, they, they put a hurting on us pretty bad. And it just seemed like all of their players were very capable at their position. They didn't make a lot of mistakes. They were big. They were strong. And they had a lot of good players, a lot of good guys. Everybody was playing their role, so that was a good experience too. Because that let me know that's the difference between where you are and where you want to be. But man, they truly were a dominant team at, at that time. Uh,
0: one of the things we like to do in these interviews is give our give the basketball champion league fans a, a, a opportunity to ask questions uh, on Instagram. And from NKTSLW, we have uh, how do you how do you feel about Nizhny Novgorod as a city?
2: It's a, a nice city, actually. Um, there's good food here. They have a nice river, so the sunsets are nice. They have the Kremlin. that has a lot of history. So, Actually, the city itself has a lot of history in terms of manufacturing and the war, so there's a, a great culture here. The food is good. The people are friendly. They can kind of come off as standoffers because I think that's kind of the culture in Russia. They're not as openly friendly, but when you get to know people, they're really beautiful people there. Russia in general is a beautiful country. But it's very cold. So
0: <laughs> as, if you're as like a, me as a guy from fun. Houston.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm from Houston and so me and cold weather are more like moral enemies. So this has been a, an interesting year for me trying to trying to weather that but it's it's a it's a great city.
0: Did you say moral enemies you and you in winter? <laughs> Yeah, I mean,
2: nice. and then it's crazy because coming from Texas, man, we think we know winter. Nah, man, you don't right. know winter. You do Russian winter. Yeah, yeah. We had snow. We had, I think we had, we had days we had snow in April. And I was like, what is going on? How do, how is it still snowing it's April? It's supposed to be finished. But my teammates were like, no, man, this is Russia. I'm like, goodness gracious. Yeah. What
0: is going on? All right. Laid underscore back 44. What musicians do you listen to?
2: what musicians do I listen to? I listen to pretty much everything, but my favorites are Schoolboy Q, Tame Impala, let's see,
0: Kendrick is
2: Dope, Jungle, that's like a classic, uh, classical pop, funk band, Drake, of course, you know, all the popular rap artists I listen to, Drake, J. Cole, all those guys, um, S.G. Lewis, Anderson Pack, Bruno Mars, Bryson Tiller. I listen to everything, man, honestly, but those are my guys, I guess you
0: could say. Uh, Brandon.Brown.3, um, your successor there, uh, asks, what's been the most rewarding thing? He also asked a, a question when uh, we had Luke at, Coach Lukic on the on the, on the show. So. Um, what's been the most rewarding thing for you this season in Disney?
2: man making it to the top eight easy 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 peasy man that's a that was a great feeling a great moment being able to share that with my teammates, man something that i'll always always cherish
0: all right the last non-basketball question um i found an interview with you from 2014 i guess it looks like and uh you were asked if you had one last meal what what would it be and your answer was applesauce and two graham crackers (laughs) i need to know more about that's a
2: a terrible that's a terrible answer uh i was just (laughs) trying to think of something like quick and that's that's awesome but that's a terrible answer
0: applesauce and two graham crackers it's pretty nice
2: i don't even eat i don't even eat applesauce in real life i don't know why i said that
0: (laughs) Now the truth has come out. All right. Um, obviously, Nizhny Novgorod um, are going to host the turn, uh, the final eight. The hosts have won two of the four titles, um, and a third has reached the final. You guys are eleven and three at home over the past two seasons. Um, that includes the last game uh, at home against Strasbourg. Obviously, Strasbourg was was playing for their life still, and and you had already. Locked up uh, the top spot. Maybe, um, how much do you expect the home crowd to help you? Um, uh, all signs point to you. You know, having uh, at least a decent crowd there. Um, maybe how much do you expect the home crowd to help you?
2: I think it'll help us a lot, and We have great fans here, and that weekend in particular is a very special, a very special time in Russia. So I think we should get a good crowd, and also. Russia is one of the only places right now in Europe where they have fans. So I think the fans will help us for sure, but it'll be a good experience for all the teams to be able to play in front of a crowd. That's something that we always look forward to. and something that we miss when we don't have it. But being at home is definitely what opens
0: and so the elephant in the room, uh, Casa de Monserigo, so you guys played them twice, as we mentioned. Uh, the first game was way back in November. You had uh, eight players, and you lost uh, at the buzzer. And the other game, you guys went to overtime. Uh you know, obviously both teams have changed. You guys added uh, added uh, got more experience. Uh, they have now since changed coaches um, and added a couple of players as well, Wiley and and uh, and. So, what do you what do you need to do? Uh, what do you think of the game, and what do you what do you need to do to to win that quarterfinal matchup against Zaragoza?
2: I think for sure one of our biggest. One of our biggest, I would say, things that we need to take care of for sure in that game would be starting defensively. We have to be tough on the post. They have some good post players. They have Digsley, who likes to shoot. He's a great shooter. They also have Jacob Wiley, who's very active, very athletic, and he causes a lot of problems in the paint, playing the pick and roll, getting up and running. So, trying to slow those two guys down is going to be important for us. And I think also making shots. When when we play well, we're playing together, moving the ball, and we have multiple guys that are making 3 pointers, and we can have four or five guys get into double-digit scoring, then we're a tough team to beat. So I think those two things are going to be our main focus.
0: Yeah, Obviously, hoping to, to win the title. Uh, it, after Saragossa, you would be facing either Erna Nimbik or Pinar Kashiaka, and then you'd have the final what would it mean for for you and for this club to hoist the trophy uh, at the end of the day um on may 9th man it would,
2: mean the, it would mean the world to me personally this is the first time i think i've ever been in this position where we have a i feel like we have an opportunity to win and i feel personally you know i'm poised and ready to be a part of my team's success and for us to be playing at home will be a huge moment for the players, the fans, all of the staff and the people in the city. Because, like I said, the, that weekend is a very special weekend in Russia. And that Sunday in particular is a very mm-hmm. historical day. It's, it's, it's a, it will be a great moment for the country and the city to, for us to be able to pull that off and win the championship at home.
0: All right, fantastic. Uh, Casey Shepard from Nizhny Novgorod, thanks for taking some time. Good luck, everybody. Stay healthy and uh, have fun hosting uh, hosting the Final Eight.
2: Thank you, man. I appreciate it. All
0: right, and uh, let's uh, jump right back into the next interview. Uh, that is with uh, Robin Benzing from de Zaragoza. So we'll talk to you after that. All right. So on the show this week as well, we have Robin Benzing from Casa de Saragossa. Robin, uh, thanks for, for coming on.
3: Thank you very much for having me.
0: What's uh, up? Um, all right. So usually we, we're starting these interviews uh, with the basic question, you know, starting the season, the goal um, was to, obviously goal is to win the title, um, but to do that is to, you guys need to reach the final eight. Um, you guys have accomplished that. Maybe just your thoughts about um, getting back to the Final Eight, I guess, if you will.
3: Um, well, yes. <laughs> like you said, I, I think it was a um, – how can I better best explain it? it was a bumpy way, let's say it like this. Um, uh, so far, our season is a bumpy season, so um, I think this is a good um, – Word to describe it bumpy you know like up and downs with waves uh, good waves bad waves and um, I think throughout the Champions League also uh, when we look back to the to the beginning to the first group uh, um, everybody knows how, how difficult it was for us we had these two games where one was the buzzer beater um, we had some losses uh, but we made it uh, to, the, to the first to the, to the first uh, storm and say like this and uh, well, second group, uh, second second phase, also uh, we had wins. You know, we started well against Sassari. We had a had a great win on on the road. Um, and we had a huge, huge, huge loss in Bamberg. Uh, uh, and and so on, so on. You know, we finished second in the end. Um, what was uh, I think? In the end, it doesn't matter when you go to final eight. Everybody, every opponent is good. So uh, there's no easy easy task for you but I think the the main the main course of us was a little bit up and down the the whole the whole season uh, in Champions League.
0: Um let's let's go back to actually uh this uh the final eight ending last season kind of tipping off this season if you will. Um you guys uh in in, in Athens uh, beat Tenerife obviously a, a Spanish team. That um, you know, you know. Okay, changes whatnot, but it's it's still a Spanish team and Spanish style, and you kind of know it. And we're able to get that victory, and then and then lost to the the home team, Ike. Um, maybe just in the semifinals. What was, let's say, what was the difference maker in in that uh, in that game?
3: Uh, you mean in the in the loss against Ike?
0: In the loss against Ike, yeah. The,
3: yeah. Um, well. I think um, we had a really solid game in, in, in the first against Tenerife, um, and I think this, the second one, the, the against Ike, I think the, the physicality what what I brought to the table was was too much for us to handle in this game. Um, I think that Tenerife was different, you know, they're playing more with intelligent. You know, don't get me wrong, they play also intelligent, but they didn't play so physical. You know, it's like ACB basketball. And Ike was, was super physical, and they had with with Keith Langford and Tyus Rice, two two players who really 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 damaged us, and we we couldn't find a way to to control these guys and um, to control the physicality from Ike, and um, they gave us a lot of problems. I think maybe oof, like maybe we had a little bit too much respect. Uh, we were a little bit nervous for the final four, you know, um, first semifinal for us, and so. Um, I think this was the, the, main, the main thing how I came out strong. You know, they, they, they saw the game against the river probably. They knew exactly okay they have, to, they have to beat us right from the start and, and give us a lot of pressure. And um, that's what I did. And um, we had our problems. Uh, then they had. To, of course, they had the home court advantage. You know, um, it was a, it was a without fans, but uh, it felt like uh, these ten or twenty people who were there were so loud, you know. So
2: um,
3: it's it's you know it's it's not easy. Ike was we had a pretty pretty good team this this in this season, and um, they were the favorites in this game. Um, but I think we have to learn from we. I think we learned, and we have to learn more from these games. Um, especially in these phases, in the KO phases where where it matters to to win or come closer to the title or to, to go home, that um, you have to bring it all on the table and the right point. And that's, that's what we didn't bring at all in the, in, in the game against Ike. We brought it against Tenerife. Made a huge game, made a good game. And I thought probably uh, Tenerife was also the favorite in this game. I think we were the underdog at all. Um, but we show it that we can do it. Uh, but in the second game, we we didn't we didn't do it. And uh, at this phase and at this at this time, uh, you you get you get beaten and you don't show it. Uh,
0: you you talked about this season, um, kind of the ups and downs. And, and one of the things that um, actually some people probably might not even remember is that you actually had a different coach uh, at the beginning of the at the season uh, with Diego Campo, and and he was he he was fired in, uh, in November, and uh, you had Sergio Hernandez uh come in and and you know he was coaching in the Spanish division for the first time in you know in his career he's um Argentinian coach maybe just how much changed um uh, i mean there was a whole bunch of guys back from last last season's team uh how much changed uh going from campo to hernandez
2: um well we played we
3: played more uh, we played way more free, um, way more fast break. We were very dangerous in, in in fast break. We scored so many points in fast break. We just improved in that in that point. Um, I think uh, a lot of players get more confidence. We, we, we showed what we can do in, in 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 most of the situations. But I think that the most the most dangerous weapon was our fast break. What we really improved. We run, we ran like crazy. Uh, we improved that and became really, really dangerous in this in this part. Um, and yeah, I think you know how it is when when the new coach comes in. It's always a change. It's a, it's a fresh wind coming in. You know, new confidence for everybody and blah blah. You know how it is. And that's why we we made this 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 good stretch where we had these wins in Champions League um, and qualified for the for the for the final eight again um but now as you as you know we have again a new Yeah coach. now you
0: have a new coach again uh <laughs> Hernandez had to had to go back to Argentina for family reasons and you know uh bringing in a guy uh Luis Casimiro you know faced you guys as former Unicaja coach among others and you know so you guys have had at the time of recording you had two games with him as coach uh you won at Unicaja and then um you also beat Andorra at home by by 10 um and you have one more game uh with him as coach uh this weekend against Real Madrid may, you know you were starting with the may just what's the feeling like another coaching change you know especially after you know coming uh, right ahead of, of of such a you know huge uh um huge you know at least first game uh in in Nizhny in Nizhny Novgorod
3: yeah like like i said i come back to the point it's, it's very bumpy everything and um yeah, it's 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 a third coach. Actually, us, the fourth coach we had because one game was our assistant coach. Right, the assistant uh, coach. Yeah. Sebastian was yeah. our assistant coach. So actually, we have four four coaches, and you know, um, again new coach. Uh, again, fresh wind. You know, um, we have we have a good stretch now. We won actually uh, three games in a row with him. We have we beat Burgos also, um, away. We beat Burgos, Malaga, and Andorra. So. Uh, so we're in a good, we're good form. We're good, and we're going a good stretch now. I think we play more structured now. We have some, some rules. What we, what we missed a little bit, you know, we were dangerous in running fast break. But we were playing too wild uh, most of the time without structure, and um, especially in defense, we had a lot of problems. Uh, I mean, if you remember the game against Bamberg, uh, when we get beaten, 41. not beaten by Bamberg. We get, we get, we get humiliated by Bamberg. And uh, I've scored hundred hundred twelve points, I think, or something. I don't know. So, well, in these bad stretches, we, we just couldn't stop anybody. We couldn't play any defense, and um, especially now, this the coach changing. We play better defense. Uh, we control the tempo from the from the other phone. We control the rebounding, and, and we share the ball. That's the most important thing. We didn't share the ball at all. Uh, now we're really passing the ball. The the scores um, the scores is more more balanced. You know, more people score and um, that's how we, that's what we need. We have so many weapons in our team and we have to use them all and we didn't do that at all. So that's important and you can see that now in these games where we're winning, it's a very balanced game from all of us and um, that's why we developed this stretch now. Um, yeah, so that's why I think it's good. We have one more super hard task uh, coming up against, against Madrid uh, before it goes to Final Eight, but um, like we said, we have, we have good confidence, uh, we're in a good, good form, I hope we can we can we can do the same' against Madrid and have a good game and, uh, and then uh, then let's go to Nishki. I think it's 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 always good to have a, a winning streak before that, but um, like I said before, I mean you go to final eight, uh, everything is on zero, and um, you have to bring it on the table if not you're gonna lose. And especially we have Niishki first game, the home team, you know, same relevance to to Ike last year. Uh, it's going to be super, super tough because also Nitschke is playing excellent basketball right
0: now. Yeah, we'll get to Nisney uh, in a little bit. Uh, I want to actually yeah. ask a, uh, about one more change um, to the team. And that came in January when Elias Harris joined the team. Not only a fellow German, uh, but someone you know really, really well. Um, actually from not far, you know, right around that same neighborhood, yeah. more or less. Uh, you'd been playing yeah. national teams with him since basically 2006. Uh, senior national team as well, you know. Maybe just you know, he was the face of Bamberg, uh, you know, all of those years. And uh, maybe, what was it like? Uh, you know, how excited were you to have uh, you know a guy you really know, also a German, uh, to come in and 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 hang out in Saragossa?
3: Well, super excited. I was. I was super happy when he when he wrote me when he called me and uh, he said he wants. He was in December uh, before the, before for a new year he he just he just uh, messaged me and called me we we had we had conversations and he said he wants to join us and it was super nice because I like you said uh, he's he lives half an hour from my from my hometown and uh we know us since we are 14 15 so uh, we play actually in the, in the youth already against each other and national team and youth play together et cetera. Et cetera. so we know it's really long time we're really good friends um, and it's 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 always it was always nice when you have uh, I mean not only a, a German fellow with you but also a guy who you're friends with for for so many years and uh, like he's, he's bringing up the table he's bringing up the, the, the to the table what he can do and he's playing really well for us he's helping us uh, tremendously. And um, I'm very happy for him that he uh, that he can that he can play basketball like he can. You know, he had this stretch in Bamberg where, where he was not playing well. He, he didn't get confidence. He didn't get the chances from the from the coach anymore. And uh, he's so much better. And that's what he showed us now. And, and that's what he, what he really helps us.
0: Yeah, he was fantastic uh, before he uh, left uh, uh, from Ludwigsburg too. So, Um, connection connection to Germany and uh, your youth gives us a chance to you know we like to go back to the players' backgrounds and just kind of introduce um, the 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 figures of the league to our fans. Maybe how and when did basketball find you?
3: Um, Basketball find me, man, a long time ago. Um, When I came to the fifth grade in my school, I was 10 years old. So actually very late. I was 10 years old. Uh, my older brother always played basketball before. I played handball and tennis before I started ba- basketball. But, uh, you know, my twin brother and me, we always went to, to see the games from my older brother. And we were just going to the side basket, you know, like and and, and shooting some shots, you know. And then, like I said, when we, when we came to fifth grade, you know, school, uh, there was a school school opportunity to to play basketball for my first club you know shout out to my to my boys at the Beckstrasse of course um and then and then I met new people there and we started we started to to play basketball there and um, yeah this was my my way to the basketball uh
0: so from I'm, uh which is near, exactly near Darmstadt between Frankfurt and Mannheim Heidelberg um Manheim uh, is, you know, people know Mannheim the name, uh, because of the Albert Schweitzer tournament. Um, yes. w- was was that something you grew up following every two years before you played in it in, in 2006?
3: Um, no, when I was younger, I didn't follow it, to be honest. First, when I get in touch with the national team, I was 16, first, first time in the youth, um, because I think... Yeah, you play with fourteen, you know, when you when you play with fourteen and, and I play in Langen and Baxstrauss, you know um, you, you you don't know exactly and you don't follow the Albert Rifle tournament. It was still a little bit early for me. I was uh, just playing basketball, you know, really for just playing basketball. I follow the NBA like every every young kid. Uh, and then when I get attached to the national team and the youth, um I get to know the Albatrosser tournament and how big how big this tournament is and was. And, um, yeah, and then I had to change. And I was very happy that I was uh, particip- participating in this tournament also.
0: So at this point, usually if we were talking to Americans, uh, you know, we talk about their high school and college. Um, you went, you were at Tefalangen at um, uh, uh, and uh, played Pro-A and uh, also were playing G- uh, German youth national teams. Uh, but I want to make the jump to 2009, which was a pretty eventful summer for you. Um, and, and I guess let's start it off with actually the last game of the, uh, FIBA under 20 European championship. Huge win over Israel, 29 points, nine rebounds to keep Germany in the division A. Um, af- actually after you had helped the country get back to the division B, uh, uh, back from division B the previous summer. Um, maybe just, how do you remember that game? How do you remember that tournament? Uh, obviously, that was really uh, uh, an excellent tournament for you, which you you led the lead you led the tournament in scoring.
3: Um, yeah, personally, it was a good good tournament for me. I was leading score in, in this tournament, and we had some 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 huge names like uh, Bogdan Bogdanovic was in there um, uh, for the great. Now was now Bogdan. Or, Croatian guy Boyan. Boyan was, Bro, Bojan.
0: Right? Bojan was yeah, there we had, had Batum yeah, and Bojan. all the, those French guys and-
3: yeah, yeah Rabathea was there also you know like these guys uh, so it was, a, it, was a, it was a big tournament you know with huge names um, unfortunately we we, we had higher expectations to be honest we had, we had a great team in this, in this year um, and we actually um, had we had different looks you know we wanted, normally want to play for, for top five uh, Top six, let's be a say like this, because we had this potential in this team. We had a huge tough group at the beginning. We like had Croatia, Serbia, and Ukraine in the group. It was a it was an unbelievable group. And um, we lost the first game in overtime against Croatia directly, and we lost with a buzzer beater against Serbia. And unluckily for us, Ukraine won both of the games against them. So all of a sudden we were uh, directly in the in the in the playdowns to, to to not go down in the B division. So that was very disappointing for us, to be honest um well and it was uh then it, then it was just about surviving mm. and i remember the last game the final game before Israel. uh we came to the to the shoot round and one one basket was uh, one basket was just was just broken you know it was just, was just broken it was not usable and the israelis were were they were uh practicing before us uh, so yeah, all all the all the superstitions came up and said, "Okay, hey, wait a second, for sure they broke the rim, so we have only one ring ring for shoot around and everything like this." So, but nobody knows nobody knows what happened this time, of course. Um, but it was it was tough. It was a lot of pressure for us, um, like you said, because we had a, we had a great team this year and we had different goals, so the pressure was high for us. Um, but we just made it. We just made it to win the game somehow and um, to stay in the. In the A division was what was the, of course, the priority goal at this time. Then,
0: so that was July in Greece, and then later on in the summer, you get invited uh, by Coach Barman to the senior national team uh, ahead of the two thousand nine EuroBasket. Going from, uh, you know, freshly helping the country stay uh, stay alive in uh, uh, in Division A, and then uh, going to uh, the senior national team, which is, you know, obviously. You know the goal of of any basketball player is to play for your country's senior national team. What was what was that like um, in two thousand
3: nine? Yeah, was was huge. Um, I, I always remember this 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 time when I get the call from from Dirk and, uh, and he was inviting me. Uh, I remember the first we came straight from Rodos. We, the, the, the under twenty was in Rodos in Greece, and we went. We flew directly to to Leverkusen. We had the first uh, practices there in Leverkusen. Uh, and I remember just joining the team and, you know, we played with, with Stefan and Demont Green, Jan Jagler, Patrick Fehmeling, all these 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 legendary guys from from this generation, from the silver generation. Um was, was such a great feeling. I was, I was so excited. Uh, I was so nervous. I remember it. Um, but I was so happy. Like, this was one of the biggest honor in my life at this point when I was just 20 years old. 1920 or 1920 around this, <laughs> I think it was 20. Uh, to get invited to to a national team it was so huge for me, so big, and I, I was so happy, and I will never forget this moment.
0: So, started then the following season with Ohm, uh, you know, first uh, taste of the BBL, uh, two seasons there. Went to Bayern then, uh, and you know that was their second season in the in the BBL. I remember even a big draw um, because of the name. Obviously, everything that's involved in in football, and you guys were even for the road games were playing in bigger bigger arenas. <laughs> Um, so that the, that the, these teams could then bring in uh, more fans, you know, as someone who is, you know, is a really nice guy. Um, how did it feel to go around Germany as, as really, you know, the hated enemy, probably more than even just the usual road team. Um,
3: yeah, it's, it was, it was special. It was really special. Um, every road trip was like, was so, was so, <laughs> Was so intense. let's say like this. Like you said, uh, we played in bigger arenas. We played in when we, we play against Leipzig. We play in, in we play against in, in this 10,000 arena. We, when we go to, to Bremerhaven, they went to they moved to Bremen. We play in the 10,000 arena, and gym was always full. 10,000 people. You know, 12,000 people. Uh, that's that was unbelievable. Um, every road game was was a, was a, was a war. Uh, they just hated us. Hey, it's normal you know in germany it's it's normal you have have to buy a munich in soccer you have to buy a munich in basketball either you love it either either you're a fan of Bayern munich or you are against Bayern munich so there's one Bayern munich and you have the whole world the whole other german is against Bayern munich so and um it it was it was it was crazy it was always hot style. it was crazy but it was cool you know um i i kind of liked it i kind of of course in the beginning it was was weird you know because you have to get to know it you have to you have to learn you have to get you experienced about that. but more and more you you enjoy uh, you enjoy this this environment and it's cool it's it was a it was a huge thing for 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 german basketball for germany that that bayern came to the to the basketball stage, um, and you see it like it's like it's now. It's a, it's a huge market now. It's a huge brand in basketball. They, they beat Milan yesterday. Uh, they went first time in playoffs, new Year league, etc. Cetera, et cetera. So uh, it was it was it was very nice. It was very nice. It was a, it was a huge, huge thing for me to play for this club, and um, it was it was cool time.
0: Closest thing to a rock star, right? <laughs> <laughs> Almost. <laughs> Um, and and so then 2014, you know, you finally, you finally had a chance to drink the champagne that goes along with being a German champion Bayern, you know, they, you guys beat Berlin, uh, three, one. So it's the, the club's first title since the fifties, 59 years. Uh, just maybe, just talk about the specialness of that, and and uh, you know, helping this the club, the you know, achieve that goal that they had been, uh, you know, fighting for, uh, you know, way back when it started, uh, when it started back up in the second division.
3: Um, yeah, like you said, it was the first title since since, since many years, and uh, it was it was. Yeah, such such a relief, you know, because we were trying before. We had we had good teams. Always the pressure was high, but we couldn't get the job done, you know. So, um, of lack of experience, you know, it's everything was, you know, we were new in the... Bayern Munich was still new in the business, and uh, we just have to get adapted to the business also, uh, playing basketball and have this this role and this this, this 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 targeting goal also, this targeting role that we are the targets always. Um, but we made it up 2014. It was a great year. We had a great team. I mean, we had unbelievable, un- unbelievable quality in this team. And, um, we beat Albert Berlin, uh, our, our enemy at this point, you know, um, and we beat them at their place. So mm-hmm. that was also awesome. kind of, kind of redemption, you know. I think they beat us so many times in the, in the in the cup finals or they won the cup and we didn't we missed the cup always uh uh so it was it was redemption and we made it and that was a it was a great feeling to to also for me personally because it was my first title so um that was nice
0: uh and come back really quick then to the to the to the national team uh your career again you know okay sure the results were not what you wanted but uh you know germany co-hosted the 2015 eurobasket it was in berlin you know maybe what was it like playing at such a big event in your home country a country where you know it's it's uh you know basketball even to this day is still not uh, up there where uh maybe the talent in the country kind of shows that it, it could be um uh, and also doing that knowing that it could very well be the last time that that dirk that dirk Nowitzki uh, would wear the German jersey?
3: yeah, it was it was huge um, to to have a European championship in their own country with their own fans uh, in Berlin was it was a great experience. Um, yeah, like you said, uh, fortunately the results weren't this weren't they weren't the thing we was, but we have to say also we had we had again like tough group for uh, sure. a huge, a tough, tough group, uh, you know it's Italy, Italy, Spain, Serbia. I mean these uh these are names, uh, Turkey was in the frame.
0: even Iceland came with their fans too.
3: Even Iceland, yeah. And especially in Germany, you know, when you play against Turkey, when you play against Serbia, you have all, it's not it's not like a home game, it's always like a away game. So um it was it was but it was so cool, you know, like also was playing with Dirk his last year, um for 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 his retirement, you know, his last um, tournament to play for his in his in his own country in in front of his own fans uh, was 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 so cool for him uh, that was happy for him so it was a big experience uh, unfortunately we couldn't couldn't do more but it was a, it was a huge experience and uh, I was I was very happy and glad uh, that I could join it
0: and then after that um, left Germany for the first time you went to Saragossa so 26 or sort of at this point. Um, uh, a lot of people you know a lot of players a lot of people people in general uh, you know say that uh, what's important is is uh, is kind of leaving your comfort zone and experiencing something else um, what did what did you think about uh, the move to to Spain um, and and your thoughts of what you wanted to accomplish there
3: um well it was like uh, at one point in in, in Munich I was, Time to to just just get a change, a complete change, you know, leave the country, like you said, leave the comfort zone, but um, also to get uh, just another experience, you know. Um, I played four years for for Bayern, I played two years in almost always in Germany. I think uh, it was it was just time to 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 to, to try something else, and and uh, there's no better way to go to ACB, you know, the the, the best best league in Europe, and. Um, it was an easy step for me. Saragossa uh, welcomed me with with, with with open arms and um, had my first experience there. So it was it was a great great step for me, and Saragossa uh, became a second home for me. And um, yeah, this was very very good decision that I that I
1: made uh, back in the days.
0: Two two years there, and then went back to Germany. Went to Würzburg, and and really were you know you were one of the absolute leaders. Um, of that team and then the 18-19 season uh, your first one in the in the BCL you went to Bashiktas um you know maybe just talk about those two years you know going back home to Germany you know you had been away for two years and then uh you know trying something you know really new again um in 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 uh, in Turkey
3: yeah, um, I think it was when I came back to Germany was, um, yeah, it was, it was cool. Uh, I had a, I had a great year. I mean, what should, what should we talk about this, 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 this year? It was, it was unbelievable for me. I had my ex, my ex national team coach, Dirk was, was there. He, he was a, the main reason why I went to, to Würzburg. Uh, it was, a, it was a good project there. And uh, he was the coach. Um, and just, he, he really, he really gave me the, the, the confidence. And he really let me let me do what I can do. you know he just he didn't he didn't um give me limits, you know he just gave me let me do all my all, all what I have in my repertoire, my potential just let me live you know that was that was huge for me. unfortunately we missed the playoffs with with the last game uh, we made the ninth place that was a little bit unlucky, um but it was a great season for me. Yeah, and then after that, after this great season, I, I, was, just, I was ready again for for um, for something new. I always wanted to play in Turkey in the Turkish league. Uh, I thought it was a great league. Um, tough, tough, tough teams to play there, you know. And uh, then I moved to Besiktas. Um, had a great experience there, you know. Living in Istanbul was 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 something new, something great. Um, I think experience uh, was definitely worth it. it a Huge city. Um and yeah, you also had a good, had, had a good year there we went to went to the playoffs uh, lost in the first round playoffs but it uh, was a, was a very good experience like both to both of these years mm, were 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 a good experience especially the experience in, in Turkey
0: you mentioned uh, uh, just a minute ago that that Saragossa had kind of become your second home um maybe what was the deciding factor uh, in heading back to Saragossa then in 2019
3: um, yeah, I think, like you said, uh, I, feel, I feel I felt very comfortable with Saragossa, and when when I get the offer uh, to come back, um, I was like mm, I didn't hesitate uh, to go back. Uh, Porphy, Porphy was the coach, and uh, what they did in the last season when I was in Besiktas, they went to semifinal, uh, beat Basconi in the playoffs in the first round, so um, it was it was a big thing going on. A lot last in the club uh, from from these days when I was there. Uh, so it was an easy decision to go back to Saragossa, and and um, we had this great year. It's an unbelievable year we had. Unfortunately, get stopped by COVID, but um, that was a big year for us. Uh,
0: usually, at this point, we'd have some fan questions uh, from from uh, from Instagram. Uh, went back and and uh, and and found some uh, older questions that we had. Just uh, and uh, asking you, um, how do you feel about Saragossa as a city?
3: Great city. Great city, really. Um, not too big, not too small. Around seven hundred, eight hundred thousand people live here. It's, it's, a, it's a great city. Um, you're in the middle of the country. Um, you, are, you are close to, to Barcelona, to, to Madrid, with the train. The train system is excellent in Spain. Uh, I have to give. We have to. We Germans have to take us an example of that. To be honest. Mm. Um, <laughs> But no, it's it's a great city. You have everything what you need. Um, the The inner city is is very nice. Um, the people are super super kind, and um, like I said, I feel very comfortable. Uh, the the Pilar, the great Pilar in the, in the main city, it's it's beautiful. They it had be- really beautiful corners. Uh, so, like I said, the city is amazing. <laughs>
0: Uh, there's a three uh, at the beginning of your age, um, so let's uh, go with the advice for young players question.
1: Oh,
3: okay. Um, <laughs> I love these questions. Advice for young players. Well, <laughs> I think I, I think it's it's I, I think it's it's very um, everybody from us probably will will give similar answers to that. I think it's. Um, what I, what I what i for me it's important to say that to young to young players who wants to be professionals i think it's super important that you love what you're doing um, you have to love the game and you have to do it with passion you know if you don't have the love and the passion for basketball because in your life when you play as a pro there will be phases where you have Difficulties in in your sport, and you you rethink basketball, and you think, oh, why is it so bad? But you will play bad, and etc. etc. And in this moment, always the passion and the love for basketball will 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 get you back on track, you know. So that's important, and um, it's like about this all all about uh, sacrifices and compromises, you know. It's like. Uh, it's a different life, you know, um, you have, when you be pro, you have privilege for sure, but you are also very, 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 very much a sacrifice, you know, when other players, especially when you're young, uh, when people go out, I mean people do something fun, I don't know, go to cinema or go to party and, and you have to be in the in the weekend you have to go to the games, you know, in the morning. <laughs> when you be young the games are always in the morning. Yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> so so this is important that the people that the young players know it's it's not always fun. It's not always fun. You know. It should be you know, everybody say, Oh, it's basketball it's your hobby, you do what you love and blah blah. Yeah, but it's not always fun. It's always work. It's always sacrifice, you know, and compromise, you know. You have, to, you have to accept and you have to be cool with it to say, like, okay, I cannot do now this. I have to go do, do to the gym and do whatever, my hook shots, do my turnaround fadeaway, do my layups, do my whatever, my defense. So this is important to, to know, but also to know to have the love and the passion to never forget this. and always remind you, and always remember that, that you need
0: this in your, in your heart. Favorite. Amen. Amen. Yeah, exactly. Not, and, and not only, uh, not only basketball, uh, really all professionals, uh, all professions in life. Because exactly. I mean, exactly. we, exactly. we, we have to work so much in our, in our, in our lives and in, in, in society. And so, um, you know, uh, I wake up every day and exactly. hap, I'm happy that I uh, can do what I'm doing. So it, it's, it's all careers. Not... Exa- <laughs> I,
3: you, you're, you're so right with that. I just wanted to say that um, it, I just, of course, speak about my point of view about no, that. No, no, no. It's, it's,
0: it's all the, no, but so, amen, amen, amen for sure. Um, <laughs> exactly. Uh, favorite pregame meal?
3: Well, my favorite pregame meal is my my wife cooks me um, always a vegetable plate with um, with coconut coconut sauce uh, and rice. So it's pretty it's pretty cool, and we do that now um, for. I think we started we have this season now where we do it really consistently before i didn't had a favorite pre-game pre meal i'll be honest i was like you know i didn't have a crazy routine but now this year really, my wife uh, make me this vegetable plate with with rice and um the coconut milk they're in there so super nice and super healthy so that's my my go-to Pre-game meal when we, when I, when we have home games of course. I was going to say, home a, games, uh, way, road. We, you have a road. When we, when we are on the road, we have always the same, like pasta, chicken, and vegetables.
0: Okay, big big road game uh, pre-game meal coming up uh, next week. Uh, let's get back to the final eight, Nizhny Novgorod. Um, that's your your opponent, the host. You mentioned them, uh, not only the host, but also a team you have played twice. Um, you faced faced them twice in the group stage uh they were uh they were uh beaten and battered uh by covid had at eight players when they came to spain and and you guys uh needed to to beat them at the buzzer and the uh the return game then went to uh overtime uh so you know and they've added Savich, you guys have added um uh wiley uh sort of like you mentioned we talked about as well new coach um thoughts about the quarterfinal uh what do you think needs to 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 get done to win that game.
3: Well, like you said, these two games we have were were wars, uh, were were crazy battles, and I think this is what's what's going to happen. Um, um, they're playing really good basketball. They were the first team who qualified, and they were, in my opinion, in the best group in the second in the second group group phase. They had the, in my opinion, the best group with Strasbourg, to Telecom and Ike. And they played impressively in this group. So that was really um, a statement from them. So we have really have to be careful with Boron They have uh, a huge, a huge sign up. Um, you know, I don't have to talk about him. He's, he's a yearly veteran. He played for Cesca a hundred thousand years. So, um, it's, it's, it's a really good team. They're well coached. They know exactly what they're doing. They have the MVP with Shepherd you know, from the regular season. Or for playoffs, playoffs, right?
0: Playoffs, playoffs. Uh,
3: Playoffs, playoffs. Yeah. Uh, So um, they play at home. They're going to have fans. Mm. So they are the favorites. Um, We have to. We have to say that we 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 beat the underdogs again. Even we beat them twice in the season. Um, They play different basketball. Two games where where battles. We have to just. Take care of the three-point shooting. They're moving the ball exceptional, and they shoot the ball exceptional, good. And just what I did in, the, in our two games when we play against them is what I do all season. And um, yeah, this is what we're going to do. And of course, you know, we have to take the home court advantage um, somehow. You know, away, we don't get the fans involved, etc. You know, all these all these little things. But I think the mainly is um, we have to stop the, the three-point shooting. Um, probably they're one of the best in the in the, in the competition. Uh, so it's gonna be it's gonna be a battle. Uh, it's gonna be a real, real battle.
0: You're going to Russia to win the title. I mean, that's the goal for all eight teams in the competition. Next up after uh, Nizhny Novgorod would be uh Nimbork or Kashyaka and then you'd face the final. Uh, with, uh, you know, obviously four other strong teams, uh, you know, one of those waiting there. Uh, y- you, mentioned, uh, the final eight that you kind of, um, were, were missing that experience or whatever, a, a little bit of that, uh, in the Ike game. Uh, what would it mean to, to you, to this club then to, then maybe be able to raise the, uh, the, the trophy on, on May 9th in Nizhny Novgorod?
3: Uh, well i mean <laughs> what 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 should i say It would be huge i mean of course winning a winning a title is is always is something special um but especially this this Champions league you know because I played already uh, three times the competition i made one time the final four and um i think it's just it's just it's just time to 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 raise the cup to raise the trophy and it would be huge for the club and of course personally for me too um but uh, there's always a but. It's a long way, <laughs> yes, and like you said, first time, first first stop at Nishki, and then um, I don't like to talk about the next game already because we have to face them. But then uh, Newbrook and Kaziaka, We oh, we 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 beat Newbrook once and, and lost to, oh, another one. So it's a great team. Kazyaka, uh in the strong Turkish league uh, have a huge huge roster this year. Very physical. And then I mentioned the final, which teams coming up there. So that's 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 tough. Uh, you know, there are coming some some big teams, big names. You Just have to bring it on the table. You know, um, every game is knockout game. Like I said before, in the beginning of the interview, is is you have to bring it. If you don't bring it, you will lose, and you be you flying home. So that's the challenge, and it starts with Nishki in the first
0: game. All right, Robin Benzing from Casa de Man, Zaragoza, Thanks for the time. Uh, good luck uh, against Real Madrid. Hopefully everybody gets slash stays healthy and, uh, and everything goes uh, all right. Uh, heading to Nizhny Novgorod.
3: Yeah, David, thank you for having me and thank you for this, for this interview. And stay, stay safe too, you know, stay healthy for everybody out there. That's, that's the most important thing right now in this, in this time. Uh, I think it's getting better uh, more vaccine going out, uh, but still, it's important that you guys stay healthy. Okay.
0: All right. Amen on that one.
3: Amen on that
0: one. Also. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fantastic. Uh, thank you to everybody who sent questions. It's always uh, it's always fun to to have the the fans um, and sometimes uh, teammates uh, jump in, and uh, actually also former players, as we had uh, uh, Brandon Brown chiming in again uh loyal listener i guess uh with uh, uh um brandon brown the former Nizhny novgorod uh player and uh, asking a question for casey shepherd uh yeah thanks for uh for uh getting through those interviews like i said some fantastic stuff in there we'll kind of break down some of it uh, next next week um you know we're just a couple of days away and uh Uh, from the big show can't wait to 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 break it all down uh next week i know you guys maybe have been waiting uh, uh to hear our opinions on the games uh but um don't worry it will be coming and uh, and uh, but I wanted to, uh, you know, Igor's been busy, and uh, I want to give him some some time to to get some stuff done, and so uh, we'll we'll get it done and uh, have that for you next week, uh, before the uh, before the show, uh, before the big show in 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 Russia. So don't worry about that. Uh, so that is the uh, podcast this week. Uh, just if you want to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, the handle is basketball cl. Uh, please like us on Facebook. Uh, subscribe to the podcasts on all of your podcast catchers subscribe to the youtube channel um there's twitch uh, uh follow us on twitch and there's the mobile app info at Basketball. info at Basketball is the email address the website uh, as always is championsleague.basketball all of the games are on live basketball.tv live and on demand so you guys can go back and watch all the games from uh, this season from all of the eight teams to to break down your own uh analysis of of these uh, eight teams and uh so and also go back previous seasons and check out those all right so uh, thank you for for listening to the show, and we will talk to you next week. Uh, when uh, when we're really only uh, a day or two away from the final eight in Nizhny Novgorod, so talk to you then.